The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, It is a Wednesday, and while in a full week, this might be a day that we gather together to get, deliver a mailbag. We've got to get you these locks now. We've got to get you these locks so that, you know, whatever you're doing over your Wednesday, over your Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday, that you've got it ready to go. We've got two top 25 matchups on Friday. So that's why we're delivering these locks to you express a little bit early. We do enter, uh, and by the way, our college football playoff rankings reaction show we recorded about 12 hours ago. So go and get that that as well for for whenever you're doing whatever kind of chores you've got. Maybe you're setting the table around the house. Uh, maybe you've got some food preparation time on your hands. Uh, you can just listen to them all back to back. We enter this week uh, hurting a little bit on the locks front. We still have a, uh, a winning record on the season as a syndicate, 179, 159, and one, up 4.1 units. But as a group, 11 and 20 last week so we can we can move real quickly through these uh these lessons learned tom one in five lessons uh yeah there's a very good lesson actually that i took away because you'll notice i went one in five last week i had one over and not a single under Mm. and what happened so you messed you you shook you shook all the like karma and, and all the juju around uh, the Tom Fernelli Tech um, the, the, the building. process kicked my butt because of it yeah mm, Barton three and six uh, heaviest card of the week minus three that drops you to forty six and forty you remain uh, above five hundred by the way Tom at forty one forty one and one on the season uh, lessons learned. Uh, don't start the week off with FAU land 33 and a half. It's going to be like just a bad, a bad start to the week. I also feel like I didn't, didn't use the discipline that Danny has taught us early in this season. I, uh, I let you guys bully me into Tennessee Auburn and I, I let the, the, 
just the, the smell of an over intoxicate me to jump on the lock infinity, which I didn't believe in. So, hey, when you don't stay disciplined, you lose. I, I take issue with you didn't believe in an Oklahoma home over. No, no, no. I said, I, I made it very clear. I was like, I've got some real reservations about this, but uh, you guys, you know what? I, I, I can't, I can't resist. It is an Oklahoma home over. I'll take it. Okay. So, uh, three and six on the week. And yes, lock infinity did lose. That was very, very sad. Uh, we did get lock unity on Oklahoma minus seven, you and I T Y and our lock unity on Wazoo postponed as, uh, the Cougars were unable to play. Let's see. There was a lock fight win for Danny over Tom and then lock agreements, mostly losses, except for Barton and chip cash in that Pittsburgh, uh, never a doubt against Virginia tech. I went four and four. Uh, it was the best record of the week, but you know, never really excited when you're 500 and this has just been where I've been at, you know, two and three, the week before four and four, but the week before that four and four, the week before that four and five, the week before that we're just pushing around the chips right now. Uh, I would say that my big takeaway is to back off this Washington unders principle because I mean, like they probably see, I think that it was 35, nothing or 35, seven going to the fourth quarter. Cause Arizona scored all those fourth quarter points that made it the final score look a lot closer than it was, but still Washington's dominant on both sides of the ball. So I don't, I don't know if that's going to be something I will carry with me moving forward. Danny discipline, Danny three and five on the week. You maintain your season lead at 47 and 36. You cash that, uh, with Michael Penix jr. Your guy, Cashes that uh, that lock fight win, you know. Turnovers are are forcing turnovers are a good thing. You know what are the what are the other lessons that you've got from uh, from last week? Well, you can't win them all. There's going to be down weeks. If this is my worst week at three and five, I'll be pretty happy overall in the season. Uh, definitely got robbed with the FSU cancellation because that would have been a lock for sure. With Florida State <laughs> getting thirty five and a half at home, Clemson didn't want any part of that. We've documented that. Uh, you know, just kind of some of the totals been a little bit off on, but uh, I'll get back on the horse. I'll take that. All right. You guys ready to lock it up? Yes, but before we do, in case anybody has it on their card, Cincinnati, Tulsa, or yeah, Cincinnati's game against uh, Temple, Temple was just canceled. Yep. Cincinnati saw that spot in the rankings. And they were like, we're good. We're good. All right. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming since 2005 in Service Academy's Look Look at these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The under is 33.91. We've gone over it a million times. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. Hey, Chip. What's going to be – oh, did we lose Chip? Where'd Chip go? <laughs> you uh, ran to I go get something. There you go. You gotta get some uh, nutrition, <laughs> some hydration. Did I make it? Standing, <laughs> almost. Oh, oh. Almost. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, Chip. What? What is? Um, we added. To, we added the Fernelli um, uh, Service Academy unders voiceover to the jingle. What's What's the Danny edition gonna be? What's the What's the What's What's Danny's uh, discipline? Danny. Discipline. It's got to be discipline, Danny. Right. <laughs> it's especially with the like or, or Gator Dan. 
Well, or, or, or just like, I, I need to find the spot, uh, a good clip of you just being like, I'm trying to be disciplined, but then also another clip of being like, all right, I'm getting in. Like, you got to have the give and take of introducing discipline, but then of course, doubling back because you just can't help yourself. Um, all right. I got the honors on the tee box here and I've, your breath. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got a little two for one special, but it's not two plays on one game. It is like one all encompassing principle. I think we've got a Mac Brown Friday on our hands. I think you just got to step up and you got to look, you got to be like Tom Herman, top 25 team in town. Probably coaching for your job. Sam Ellinger, senior day Sam, on senior day, an iconic Texas quarterback playing against a ranked team. You really think, like forget Tom Herman, you think Sam Ellinger is going to lose on senior day? Oh, no way. So that's the, you know, obviously the Texas part of the Mac Brown play. And then the other part's Mac Brown because I think that uh, every team, shout out to Joe Giglio. Uh, he always loves to talk about this. Every team has their Super Bowl. And if North Carolina doesn't turn in its absolute best performance of the season with Notre Dame in town, with your offense humming, then I, I don't know what you're saving it for. So two plays, both Friday. Want to get it out here early. Going Texas against Iowa State, minus two. Whoa. Minus one, I can get you. Minus one, mm-hmm. and North Carolina plus four and a half. Isn't got- Texas available as a dog on some boards? Hold on, let me look. I see him at plus one. Which yeah, was- I can get you plus one. Yeah, <laughs> which is a big reason why we're in lock agreement. <laughs> <laughs> For- and on both of the games. Yes. <laughs> And the trend, which goes, when the ACC boys are in agreement, we are eight and two against the spread, about to move to 10 and two after this weekend. I totally agree with you. I think Iowa State, um, I'm still worried about, I know Brock Purdy just had one of his better games of the season. I know they just had the blowout win over Kansas State, but I feel like Texas similarly... Similarly, is that his word? Yeah, similarly. Um, similarly to <laughs> Oklahoma has been playing some of their better football as of late on both sides of the ball. But I also feel much like you do that Sam Ellinger, this is that one. Coach Bowden used to tell us every game in the halftime locker room speech, he would say, seniors, you can't let us lose. And I feel like this is the type of game, which could be his last. Maybe he gets the bonus here. We'll have to see. But I feel like this is a game where Sam Ellinger even takes this on his and says, this is a game that we can't lose. And I love him in that spot because I think he's that quarterback that is capable of doing that, putting the team on his back. I think he'll get a lot of carries. I think he's going to get banged up. I think you're going to see him like bloodied, battered, and bruised. Yes. I think they come out on top. And as good as... Uh, Brees Hall has been for Iowa State. I think they're a little more one-dimensional than they showed last week when Brock Purdy had uh, three touchdown passes. I I can't believe I'm saying this based on the preseason expectations, but I don't trust Brock Purdy in this spot uh, to get in this type of uh, game 
where it could be a fourth quarter game, I trust Sam Ellinger way more. So give me the Longhorns. And then for the same reason, this team at North Carolina, I, the Notre Dame offensive line issue, I think could be a potential problem. But I also think Notre Dame's defense gave up a lot of points and yardage to Clemson's offense. I think they'll give up some points and yardage and you know have some trouble slowing down North Carolina's offensive attack because Sam Howe's been awesome, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. We know the weapons they have on the outside. I think they'll be able to put some points up on Notre Dame. I think it'll be a higher scoring game, but I think it'll be a late field goal type game where North Carolina, in a season which we've seen chaos, like who can you really, really trust? I think one thing we've learned is that really it's Alabama. Does Notre Dame get in that, that category at the number two spot? I don't know if I trust them the same way that I do Alabama just yet. So in honor of Thanksgiving, <clears throat> I, you know, I, we're family. I love you guys. Some things I, I agree with, but there's some things that we're going to have some, some arguments at the dinner table about. Um, I'm splitting it. I, I'm, this is a, what do we call this? Is a, like a lock agreement fight. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be with you guys on the, uh, the ACC combo there. Um, I'm, I am also on North Carolina. Uh, is, is that number as high as five? Is that right? Five and a half. Uh, five and a half. Oof. All right. Oh, Take wow, it. Yeah. I like that. All right, so I agree. Like, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've, 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 I've talked about this game at other places this week so far, but one of the things I like about Notre Dame's defense is their ability to take, take away your strength, make you play left-handed. Uh, the nice thing about North Carolina's offense is they've, They've got they, they can beat you in the run game, they can beat you in the throw game. They're they've got a mobile quarterback. Like there's a lot of different ways offensively they can I don't know what you take away for North Carolina. Um and then this just again, this just feels like like this this has been the the, the game circled for me for Notre Dame outside of that Clemson game that like feels like they could lose it. Um so I, I think they probably like I expect this, like Danny said, to be a game that North Notre Dame finds a way to win, but but within that that number, just a close game. I'll admit all the iconic Texas Texas quarterback talk that you guys just presented has me doubting Iowa State a little bit more than uh, than than I did coming into this conversation. That's a compelling argument. Sam Ellinger just not going to let his team lose, uh, but I I just. Iowa State, I, I hate that Iowa State put it on Kansas State like mm-hmm. that last weekend. Like that's that makes me. I wish they just beat them twenty eight seventeen or something. You know, then I'd feel better about this pick. But they, they now it just feels like everyone's going to want to jump on this thing because they just rolled Kansas State. Um, but the bottom line is, I'm just going to trust trust the better team. Uh, they've been the better team all year long. This is a this is a really low, small number, and all they got to do is win. And by the way, what, like, what, what am I getting here? Because I'm seeing Iowa State. I can get you a point them. for Iowa State. Yeah. So we both get a plus one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, like most of the places I'm looking, it looks like Iowa State's plus one and a half. But what, whatever. Um, so I get one and a half, right? I mean, that's that's. Uh, I that can't is, see a one and a half on the board right now. I mean, William Hill is that William Hill not one and a half? 
Oh, you know what it might be? Because it doesn't update on this page very quickly. William Hill's one and a half, Caesar's one and a half. Yep, no, one and a half. Yep, I can get it. Um, So... I, I, so, anyways, I, I just think I think Iowa State's a uh, a more complete football team, and I trust them more in the spot. I trust Matt Campbell in the spot. Uh, if Sam Ellinger blows up this bet for me, hey, I can live with that. It's been a good run for that guy. He deserves it. And by the way, he is gone after this year. It sounds like because Tom Herman, I think, he even said it in the presser this week, like Sam Ellinger will be the first quarterback drafted since Colt McCoy uh, this spring or something like that. First Texas quarterback draft since the before. So I also I have plays for both of these games. <laughs> uh, I'll start with Iowa State, Texas. I am not on any side. Oh, okay. I am taking the under because, well, we've talked about, we know about Tom Herman unders dog, but we also know about Iowa State unders. And the under itself has gone five and zero in the last five meetings between these two. The under is six and one the last seven times that they've played in Austin, and it's nine and two the last eleven times Iowa State's been an underdog on the road. But more than those trends, they just support it. It's also the fact that these are just two teams that tend to have kind of underish games, particularly Iowa State, because for a lot of the reasons that Dandy doesn't trust Iowa State in this game because they've been somewhat one dimensional, that has you know decreased their scoring output for the most part this season and it has kept games to be lower scoring than they're expected and also we're talking about 11 12 mile per hour crosswinds it's a wonder so i'm going under 56 and a half next up i didn't want to do it but since there's lock unity I got to fight you guys. Oh, I like that better than jumping on the lock. Fight, fight, fight. Now I can find Notre Dame at minus four and a half still. So that's what I'm getting. But I, I think you guys are a little too caught up on the fact that Notre Dame's defense allowed points to, to Clemson. It's like, Oh wow. And Boston college, because even Brian Kelly said our defense did not play well today. That was the, the last time Notre Dame was out. Brian Kelly said, we didn't play well on defense today. And how many points did they allow in that game? Is it 34? Or okay. So it wasn't great, but still, if you look, Notre Dame on the season ranks 12th in the country in points allowed per drive at 1.34. Let's talk about North Carolina's defense, who didn't just have a bad day against Boston College or didn't just have a bad day against Clemson. They haven't really had a good day. They rank 77th in the nation in points per drive allowed because they allow points to everybody because their defense isn't very good. And if we want to go back to last night's ranking show <laughs> before Coca wanted us to just shut up and get the night over with, I could make a very good argument that at 19, North Carolina is should be ranked behind every single other team behind it in the college football playoff rankings because this, we're talking about a team with two losses, to one to Florida State, one to Virginia, whose best win is North Carolina State. I don't know why everybody thinks this North Carolina team is all that good, except for the fact it's six and two. Notre Dame is far and away the best team it will have played this season. And while, yeah, it's going to score points because its offense is very, very good. 
how many stops is it going to get against this Notre Dame offense? Yes, they're missing a couple starters on the offensive line, but they've known that. So the two new guys that are starting have been practicing with the team all week. And I think that's something that you got to consider and is important for an offensive line. If you can get the reps in and practice that week, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal because it's not like these are, you know, 265 pound freshmen that they're throwing on there who haven't played in a game. These are veteran backups who are large and they can play the position. And I don't see North Carolina's defense getting many stops. I see them be Notre Dame being able to run the ball at will for the most part against this Tar Heels defense. I see that in the passing game with their tight ends and the receivers, them being able to move the ball in the passing game against this North Carolina defense. And I see Ian Book when he needs to scrambling and picking up 15, 20 yards at a time when Notre or when North Carolina vacates the middle of the field because they're trying to cover Notre Dame's receivers anytime he needs to. So I see Notre Dame winning this game pretty comfortably. And yes, I understand Mac Brown generally plays up in these kind of games because he's he, he knows how to keep them boosters happy. But I just don't think that North Carolina, while it's getting more talented and Mac's putting together a good recruiting class and he's building up the roster, I don't think it's at the point where it's talented and deep enough to keep up with a team like Notre Dame or Clemson. It's it's not it's not at college football playoff can compete level for 60 minutes. It's having trouble competing with mediocre ACC teams. So give me Notre Dame. Okay. Big. Jay Bateman special. It happened in late September against a Clemson Tigers team that went on to the national championship game. I mean, I mean Trevor Lawrence wasn't out for that game. Trevor Lawrence was, was healthy. And that... That scrawny little, I mean, I mean, you got former quarterbacks playing linebacker out here. I mean, it's, it's a real try-hard unit, you know? But Jay Bateman, he knows how to dial it up. We'll see. I uh, don't like going against a lock unity, though. I feel dirty. No, but, but I, if it's better that than, than jumping on to a lock infinity for the sake of making it a lock infinity. I made yeah. that mistake last week. I ruined the integrity of a lock infinity, and we all paid for it. We were all together, arm in arm. And Tom, we ordered him a drink, slid it down the bar, and he smashed the bottle on the bar and held up the broken bottle to our throats. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. So everyone's got two plays out here. Uh, Tom, back to you, wherever you want to go. Uh, all right. Um, hmm. See, I've got I've got a large card this week right now because typically we record this show on Thursday. So I have gone through everything and whittled it down. I've typically written my column by now. So I know like my, my hardcore, what I'm set on. And I'm still kind of in the early phase of the process here where I'm still going through games. So I kind of have to whittle my way down as we're going live. So this will be interesting. But next, I guess I'll go with another under again to make up for the lack of unders that I had last week. And I don't even think this one needs that much of an explanation, but I am taking the under in Northwestern Michigan State, which I can get at, let's see, where did it go? It's a low number. I know that. Yeah. Uh, 41 and a half. 41 and a half. Agreement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You go ahead. Go ahead and give the reasons why. I mean, it's just, it's it's a Northwestern game. (laughs) <laughs> it's, I don't even know that we need to go into much more detail. Pat Fitzgerald to be happy to win this game 17-13. And that's what he's probably going to do. And Michigan State's offense has been bad. It had one good game against Michigan. But as we've seen, that's that's been symptomatic for everybody. A lot of people have had good games against Michigan. And Northwestern's offense really since that Maryland game has just kind of gone you know downhill and decreased every single week. It's not nearly as bad as last year's again, but 
it's not a very good offense. It's not the most efficient offense for the love of God. They forced five Wisconsin turnovers last week and still only managed to score 17 points. That's, that's a problem. So I, I look at this game and I was like, yeah, this is going to be a very low scoring game. And if anybody gets to 20 points, they're going to win it. We didn't talk about it last night on the rankings reaction show. I think Northwestern's massively overrated at eight. I'm sorry. Like, I like what they're doing. Those are Barton's boys. I just, like, where is the good win? It came against an overrated Wisconsin team. Whole nother discussion. But Danny, trusting those good ass eyes. (laughs) (laughs) See it better than the results can. So, you know what? My good ass eyes can see as an offense, which is ranked 106th (laughs) in the country uh, in total offense. They are restricted on the offensive side of the ball. That's why I think in the top 10 perspective, you have to be more balanced, and the the committee's even referenced that before. But their defense is awesome. I am tempted to take Michigan State with the number two, but Michigan State's not very good, so I'm going to avoid that one. But I do like the total here. Tom and I were in agreement with this one on Tuesday during the, uh, the HQ pick show. I would see a very similar outcome that they just saw against Wisconsin, a 17-7 game, maybe a 20-7 game. I don't think this one will even approach getting close to that total, so I'm going to take the under here too. Yeah, a fun little stat about Northwestern because in in Bill Connolly's SP Plus rankings, Northwestern's ranked only 28th, but if you break it up into units, their defense is ranked third. Their offense is ranked 100th. (laughs) Love it. Absolutely love. I mean, the, that's the narrative, right? The offense has changed. It's definitely not 126th anymore. It's, <laughs> it's 100th. 100th. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I like that. I will take us to Saturday afternoon. This will be on uh, the Mothership CBS Sports Network. This is one of the biggest games uh, in the MAC this year. It's a very short schedule. And I am going to be on. Barton, let me make sure I got you front and center. I'm going to be on Kent State. I'm taking Kent State plus the seven and a half because I think that this is going to be uh, a very fun and competitive game. And I think that given the extra hook to Buffalo is going to be uh, maybe just a little bit too much. You better feel really, really good about the the Bulls' chances of being able to run this thing up if you're going to take this spread because the Golden Flashes are pretty good. And this is almost, you know, we talk um, sometimes on here, I know about how the, you know, some professional bettors like don't even look at teams. They just look at numbers, especially when it comes to the NFL. Like, oh, that's a good number. Oh, oh that's a bad number right there. And Kent State plus seven and a half feels like a really, really good number for what I think is going to be an awesome, very fun, competitive game. A little bit is like wanting to buy in just to to have it, like, you know, have a little bit of investment just because I think it is going to be uh, a fun, good one. So give me the golden flashes at a good number plus seven and a half at Buffalo. Lock agreement. <laughs> it's a big number. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of points. I, I as as the the biggest Buffalo Bulls football fan in all of college sports media, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy to to lay those points and still root on my Bulls to just cover within that 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 spread. But you're right. I mean, first of all neither of these teams have really played good football teams for the most part to this point. Uh, but they are in terms of margin of difference between expected points added per play defensively and offensively. These Buffalo is number one and Kent state's number two in the entire nation. These are the best two teams in college football. 
Did you just bring yeah. up EPA? I did. Oh, Barton, I love I you. Know. I know. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> um, but I think when you look at the way Buffalo has won and the way they've extended their, I, I, this is like this is a kind of a weird number to me. Like it's kind of like I would expect this to be much more of like a, I don't know three and a half or something. Uh, maybe it's just because the 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 margin of victory has been pretty pretty high with Buffalo, but some of that has been a lot about turnovers and scooping scores and people handing them some points. And I just feel like these are closer uh, matched teams than than a touchdown plus. So I'm with you. I'll play that one. Um, anyone else got a got got a uh, a play on this one? No. Do you have All another right. one? Are you going total? No. Okay. No, no, no. But I was going to move on, move us on to the um, the Egg Bowl, Iron Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna. The dentist has been a little quiet <sighs> last couple of weeks, right? Um. The dentist, I've got, I've got a uh, correspondence from the dentist, okay? <laughs> I have several bets that I feel very good about in the Egg Bowl and Iron Bowl. I'm trying not to overthink this Egg Bowl. There's a lot of confidence coming out of Starkville after the UGA game last Saturday. Leach said it was their best effort all year, and they only had 44 players make the trip. They feel better about quarterback play and ability to move the ball against eight-man zone defenses. Mississippi State scored 24 against a very good Georgia defense. Can they get one more touchdown against a very bad Ole Miss defense? You bet your ass. I think that is all it will take to hit the over. All year I've thought this game would be a shootout. Now I feel even better about it. This game has been nuts for the last four years, and I think we will get another good one. Last team with the ball wins, which means give me the over 67 Dennis Locke. He also says if he is, if, if we will so allow it, he wants Bama-Auburn over. He wants Mississippi State plus whatever the number is, and he wants Bama minus whatever the number is. I am joining the dent. Well, go ahead, go ahead. What do you got, Tom? So he want he wants both overs. Yeah, and then what were the overs. other two? Mississippi State and Bama. And Bama. Bama. Okay. I am joining. I am joining the dentist and playing the Egg Bowl over, because the Egg Bowl is a ridiculous absurdity that will absolutely turn into some craziness. And craziness means big points. I like the over there as well. Okay, I'll give it to him. <laughs> I'm going to give him all four. Lock agreement with the over <laughs> army <laughs> on the Egg Bowl. Mount up. Mount up. <laughs> the Egg Bowl. Also, the Iron Bowl. I'm in lock agreement. You're not in on that one, Barton, right? You just took the Egg Bowl? I just took the Egg Bowl. I, I So the Egg Bowl, I think, is like stating the obvious, right? I mean, this is your prolific offenses. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, that if, no matter how much they've struggled to put up points uh, and struggle offensively, this Ole Miss defense is horrendous. I think both coaches want to put up as many points as they can. I think they're going to break out every trick play in the book. I think they're going to do everything they can, and I think they have a lot of success doing it. So I like the over in that one. The Bama-Auburn game, I think Bama will not have – much issue at all executing their offense mac jones uh the weapons they have well documented i also think gus malzahn will have something up his sleeve as well i think tanks uh tank bigsby has been a pleasant surprise there i don't trust bo Nix in this game i think there's a pick six or two in this one which should lead to more points but i do think gus malzahn will figure out 
some weakness. He's had success before offensively against this Alabama defensive front. I don't think it'll be close. The number's big, though. Rivalry game, I just I don't trust it. I, I, if I was going to take a side, I would probably say Auburn, but I don't trust Auburn. I trust a lot of points. So I'm with the dentist in the over in this one as well. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, Tom, you said you've got a heavy card? It's. I might not get all of them in, but I've okay. got a lot of options available to me. Okay. Um, why don't you take us somewhere? Okay. Well, you know what? Screw it. Let's throw another under on there. Uh, I am going to take the under in Nebraska and Iowa. I just think this... Uh, well, first of all, let me start with the weather forecast for Kinnick Stadium on Friday. We're talking about 12 to 13 mile per hour winds blowing through. But more than anything, I just don't trust Nebraska's offense because even like in that win against Penn State a couple weeks ago, the majority of their points came after two quick Penn State turnovers early in the game. And then they weren't able to do much for the rest of the afternoon. Last week against an Illinois defense that really hadn't been all that impressive all season long, they didn't really show much of an ability to move the ball up and down the field. You know, they moved from Adrian Martinez to Luke McCaffrey and they won McCaffrey's first start. But again, most of those points came because of the turnovers and then they didn't do much. And McCaffrey played so well against Illinois on Saturday that he was replaced with Adrian Martinez late in the game, who did lead the team on a touchdown drive to make it look a little closer than it even was. So I don't know what Nebraska's offense is going to look like. I don't have a ton of faith in them to score points. But at the same time, I feel like 13 and a half, 14, depending on where you are, is a few too many points to lay with Iowa because Iowa's offense, I think, has been good. But I just I, I think it's too much to expect for because I do think Nebraska will get some points. So I think the under is the smarter play here because I do think Iowa can cover and is more likely to cover than not. But I also think Iowa could cover this game 42 to, you know, seven in that kind of way, or it could be like a 34 to, you know, 15 kind of game, something in that range. So I'm going to take the under here. Iowa might cover, it might not, but it won't be high scoring either way. Time. Wait, you're talking about top 25 Iowa. You're talking about college football playoff ranked Iowa. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. I will take us to Saturday afternoon. In the Coliseum, because I want to dance that dance again. Who wants to live the ride of betting on a USC game? Because my Colorado Buffs, they are 13 and a half point underdogs at USC. And I spent all this time trying to talk about how Colorado is being good. I better be ready to back them as a double-digit underdog against a USC team that is going to be more than happy to just pitter-patter uh, on a... Oh, what's up? It's down, to, it's down to 12. I'll take it. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Still got it. Um, and so give me Colorado plus the 12... I think that this is a team that is, uh, again, like not going to wow you. The talent gap between these two teams is going to lead to a point spread because of power ratings that is going to far exceed what we've seen from execution. And so give me Colorado to be able to keep this thing inside single digits. I'll take the buffs. Lock lock agreement. God. (laughs) You guys are... Explain yourself, Tom. 
Uh, I have been the USC defender on here, getting talk, trying to talk you two off the ledge because you're all upset and heartbroken because USC didn't come out of the gates like a juggernaut. But I do think that Colorado's offense has been explosive enough that in this case, I don't think it's going to beat USC. I, I think USC is the better team, but USC, again, it hasn't looked perfect. It just hasn't looked great. It's still good. It's just I don't think that they're good enough to cover the spread against this Colorado team. Although I did like it a lot better when it was at 13 and a half. But in the same way, the fact that it's shrinking to 12 and an 11 and a half in some places kind of adds to me feeling a little bit better about it. Although I'm not I don't think we've gotten the best of this number yet. So I, I just think Colorado, I think this is a 10 point USC win. That's really what it comes down to for me. All right. Wish you guys, wish you guys safe travels. Um, I won't play that nonsense. Either side <laughs> of it. touching it. Either side of it. All right. <laughs> uh, well, where do you want to go? I I'll go to the ACC. Um, Boston College. Louisville. Is, yeah, yeah. They've got what a one. Is this a one point line? Boston mm-hmm. College is laying a point. Yeah, I can get you half a point. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Boston College. I mean, look, Louisville's got a little flash. Um, they've they've had their moments. Um, but even against Syracuse, like last time we saw Louisville, like that wasn't impressive. That was just Syracuse being terrible. Um, Boston College – I think is I think I think we've learned that this is a team that even against Notre Dame, like a a team that's playing great football right now. Boston College got out outclassed. They 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 were never threatening to win that game, but they they also were like they they looked competent throughout. And uh, I just think week in week out, Boston College shows up. I don't have the same confidence with Louisville. Scott Satterfield is is releasing uh, uh, Twitter you know, notes app statements about not interviewing for the South Carolina job. And I don't know, maybe that makes them extra motivated this weekend, but Javon Hawkins has opted out. Um, again, I, I, I played, I don't, I don't care if I, if I gave this pick out, but I, I, I did play Syracuse laying points against Louisville last weekend. And again, like, I lost that, but it wasn't because Louisville came out there looking really sharp. It was just because Syracuse is garbage. So I'm going to take Boston College here. And, um, yeah, I, I just think I think Jeff Halfley is going to have his troops ready to roll after a bye week. And th- this was on the card, but it's just for the same reason that you're taking it. I was like, why is this spread so small? And in some places, yeah. like Louisville's crept up to being the favorite or it's been it's just become a pick And I'm sitting there like... I, I I feel like there's something we don't know because it makes no sense to me. I'm not playing yeah. it because of that though. Yeah. Weird, weird game. Uh, that game is not one of the ones that is going to be included on the CBS Sports College Pick'em because the biggest games of the weekend, including the Iron Bowl, including the Egg Bowl, uh, including 
Penn State, Michigan, Kentucky, Florida, and the like. They are included on the College Football Pick'em Challenge. And you can enter the College Football Pick'em Challenge by going to www.cbsports.com slash college. Again, that is www.cbsports.com slash college. Free to enter, and you will be entered for the $1,000 weekly cash prize. Or you can start your own group, compete against friends and coworkers, Many of the games that we are breaking down here, Northwestern Michigan State, uh, LSU Texas A&M, Oklahoma West Virginia, uh, and that USC Colorado game, all on the card, pulling it up right now. You can enter this contest all the way until noon at Saturday. It is the biggest games on Saturday's slate. You have until noon on Saturday to enter. Um, CBSSports.com slash college. You can enter as a solo for the weekly cash prize or get some friends together or coworkers and enter as a group. Again, that is cbssports.com slash college. All right, Danny, where do you want to go? Uh, all right. I'm going to take a rankings react approach, uh, which is kind of, there's probably Tom would know. There's no statistical information about, Hey, if you were ranked lower than people thought you should have been, are you angrier? So there you go out. So this might be totally made up by football analysts everywhere that make this assumption, but I liked Ohio state before the rankings release came out. And then when I saw them come out uh, a spot lower than they anticipated, I liked it even more. Um, I can get this, what, at 28 is my number? Yeah. I want to get it to before it goes up to 28 and a half or 29. Like, I think it's going to be pretty tight around there. But I do think, and Brady Quinn was on the uh, the show last night with us when we were kind of watching the rankings live on HQ. And he had said, you know, talking to Urban Meyer on the set with Fox that, you know, Urban talked about the stress and having to win and win impressively. I do think Ohio State realizes, oh, we need to win, and we need to win big, and I think there's no better team to do it against uh, than uh, Illinois. So I'm going to look for a bounce-back game. Justin Fields, I do think it was his worst performance as an Ohio State Buckeye quarterback. I think the defense has issues, but you guys know how I felt about Indiana's offense. I don't think Illinois has quite the same offensive prowess. Might be an understatement of the year. Uh, so I'm going to take Ohio State, lay the 28, and not sweat it. I mean, I can't officially support that play publicly, but I might send you a text that says it's the right pick. <laughs> <laughs> you were on this over, weren't you? This was, I was and it was at 70 and a half. Yeah, well, they were making us pick it for the show. I was <laughs> on. True. It's not like, but it's 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 not. I didn't li- li- I don't like it enough to lock it up. But yeah, I was I was with you because as I said on the show last night, once I saw the rankings, I was like, oh, <laughs> Illinois is in the wrong place at the wrong time. The the absolute like. We've got to hit the gas. We've got to bounce back and then smash them up type principle. I don't, I don't hate it right there. Um, okay. Barton, where do you want to go? Let's go. Um, let's go to the SEC where Jeremy Pruitt narrowly avoids the big, bad Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, uh, you know, that, that could have been an ugly, ugly uh, extension of that losing streak that would have looked bad for the old job security in Knoxville. Uh, instead, Vanderbilt gets Missouri. Um, the line is what, 14 and a half? You, I mean, if you're taking Vandy, you can get 15 and a half. Yep. No, I'm actually not. <laughs> I'm taking Missouri. I think Vanderbilt, like, 
Hey, uh, tip, tip the cap that this has been a very impressive effort over their last few games. They've been very competitive. Um, they've been, they, they've, they've had some new, some, some new life, um, second wind, whatever you want to call it. They've rallied the troops. They've continued to play hard for Derek Mason. But I think that they're just, you know, at some point this thing starts to run out. Um, and, and, you know, they got a lot of young guys playing. I think they hit the, the end of the season wall here. I think Missouri is with a, with a first year coach is, I mean, this is a big opportunity for them. They can't sort of take this game lightly. Uh, Vanderbilt is, I mean, Dimitri, Dimitri Moore, one of their bigger name guys is, is, is now transferring out. Like they've had just a ton of guys, a ton of attrition. They've got, they're, they're so depleted right now. I think based on COVID at the specialist position, I don't know if you guys have seen this, the, the women's soccer goalie is now like dressed out for practice this week and is potentially going like, I, I don't know that she's it's a going necessary to roughness situation. It's a necessary <laughs> roughness situation. We got Kathy Ireland coming out there <laughs> ready to, ready to, 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 to kick if called upon. I, I, that, I don't know. This just doesn't feel like a spot. I, I just don't feel like Vanderbilt is, is going to be, um, I think I just think they're going to have, have run out of steam a little bit at this point. So I like Missouri here. Ironically, if this was a Tennessee game, I might would pick Vanderbilt because of, of, of Tennessee's just lack of motivation at this point. I don't think Missouri is going to have that problem. Um, so I like, I like Missouri laying the points. Whatever the number, whether whatever best number I can get, I'll take it. I can get you fourteen. I'll take it. We've got some. We've we've got the market is uh about it a is, point point and a half off right now across I feel like the that's way. The case in a lot of places this weekend. Yeah, it's it's a result of there being legal betting in a lot more places and a lot more books open and competing with each other. Hmm, that's probably a good point. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Well, what do you do when you need a moment to chill? You're seeing these numbers all over the place. We've got 14 at one spot, 15 and a half at another. You're trying to make some decisions. Well, what about you just take a break, step away from the board, and hit the reset button because that's when you can reach for Coors Light and it's made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what the game is that you're going to be watching, no matter where your locks are on Saturdays, Saturdays are your time to chill. It doesn't matter what game it is. Coors Light is the official beer of watching college football just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a game, and crack open a Coors Light. Now, watching college football can be therapeutic to fans. It is uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink a Coors Light. And of course, you know that Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one that we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up on the other side, Dabo Sweeney has just been talking and talking and talking and talking. So what does that mean for this weekend's game against the spread or the over-under? Let you know next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, 
Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. So you might be thinking that this is the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, Ohio State style, right? Like we're going to we're going to really prove that you know how angry we are about that whole Florida State situation. And we're going to come out here and we're just going to we're going to stunt on it. Well, the problem is like you thought that like you were going to be renting uh, like you got upgraded at the rental car desk, but the problem is playing pit is like getting that 1987 hoopty and you got to figure out a way to get in and out of traffic with the car that's going to top out at about 45 miles an hour. I mean, this is like stepping on tacks playing against the pit Panthers. The pit defensive front is going to blow up everything you want to do offensively. Every single uh, play is just going to be a bar fight in the trenches. And with Clemson having been off for a while, um, and I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence has not played in more than a month. It has been more than a month since he threw his last pass in a game. And I think that this is the wrong defensive front for Clemson to play if they really want to show out and be scoring touchdowns and running up the score and going for style points. And so I think that uh, all of the talk, it, it's it's not going to play a factor. I am way more matchup driven here with my pick. But if you are going to ask me to factor in all the talk, I kind of think that it is not in Clemson's favor, no matter what Trevor Lawrence says about feeling like Dabo's got their back. Like This is the wrong game to think that Clemson's going to have its anger, style points, run it up moment. Give me the Panthers plus 24 and a half. I can get you 24. Okay, 24, we'll take it. Let's go in the right direction then. I like that. Um, I like that counterintuitive sort of play. I'm, I'm, I'm with it there. All right. If it was in Pittsburgh, I would love it. I don't know. I, I don't hate it. I see you're going the senior day in, in Death Valley. You could also yeah, fade. There's also the part that I do think like Clemson is ticked off. Like I think that was one of the reasons maybe and Tom talked about like we've talked about Clemson. Like it is a motivating factor. You know, Trevor Lawrence is returning. He does need stats for the Heisman trophy. There's a lot of those too. But I don't I don't hate the way you're thinking. It's just you got to wonder, though, like I said last night on, on HQ, how, how disrespected can Dabo feel now that they got pumped up to three? Yeah. Also, do we have a what's y'all's notion on like, do you fade home team on senior day or uh, and I say this after like starting the show backing Sam Ellinger, but it's because there's the fade them on ring night, right? Like whatever you always go for the team that's about to have its championship celebration at the beginning of the season and you fade them because the whole pregame situation is all disrupted. Do you do the same thing for senior day? No. Okay. My research shows that senior day, senior night doesn't really have an impact on the spread. Ooh. What about if there's an iconic Texas quarterback? (laughs) I mean, then maybe the numbers any, maybe, maybe for the player, but it hasn't really had much of an impact on teams as far as I can find. Cool. 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 Um, who's up? Uh, I mean, I got a couple more, but I feel like I'm 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 out in front of everybody. So, All right. uh, Chip, Tom, either y'all got something? I've got at least two more. I might have four. 
Ooh. Okay. Better, so better get them off bit off your chest. All right, fine. We'll start with uh I haven't done a spread play in a while. I'll I'll do <laughs> Oklahoma minus ten and a half at West Virginia, just kind of putting my money where my mouth is here, as far as the way that I feel about Oklahoma and the way that it's playing. And I think West Virginia is a good team. I think it's probably been one of the most ignored teams in the country as far as its performance is concerned in the Big 12 because it really hasn't been in many big games yet, but I think this is its first big game. I just think it's catching Oklahoma at the wrong time because offensively, they found the rhythm. They found their groove. We've talked about it. Spencer Rattler is starting to play like the recruit or the kid that we thought he was going to be. He's getting comfortable in the offense. Defensively, this team's it's gotten Ronnie Perkins back, and that's been a huge factor for them on defense. They are getting after the quarterback. They're one of the top teams in the country in pressure rate. And that's not something we've typically seen from Oklahoma in recent years. It has not had much of a pass rush, which has led to a lot of its problems when it comes to, you know, competing in big games and defensively. It's secondary. He's never really had any help from up front. That's not the case this year. They have that pass rush. And plus, just trend-wise, Oklahoma's covered five straight this year. It's covered five of the last six with West Virginia. And as a home dog in the last 10 games, West Virginia is only two, six and two against the spread. So I wish I could get it at 10. I got to have the hook on it at 10 and a half. Maybe you want to buy that hook, but I'm going to take Oklahoma minus 10 and a half. Give me that lock agreement. I'm going to get on that cash cow. That's been the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, I think I totally agree. I've been saying, hey, they could beat. I think they're paying better than Ohio State right now. Uh, I think they would win against Texas A&M, maybe even Florida. Like, I think they're in that same conversation, and yet those two losses early in the season. You mentioned Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson. Why, why do we only discuss the quarterbacks that get hurt, like that miss games? Like, oh, what about the fact that these two guys were out for a significant portion of the season when they were losing the games? They come back. They've looked completely different. Spencer Rattler's a completely different animal. And I also think their playoff hopes are extremely long, but kind of that style points, they'll be looking to try to run it up. I don't think it's going to be easy. Like, I'm a little bit nervous about the 10. I think this will be a tough game, uh, but they're, gonna, they're not going to let off the gas by any point and play it safe just for a win. They're going to try to get as many points as they can. Uh, so I'm going to take Oklahoma with you. Mm. <laughs> he, loves, he likes this West is- Virginia. No, I don't. I do like West Virginia. I think they're a good team. But, I mean, Oklahoma, they've, they've been my baby here for a couple weeks. Um, and I actually didn't have this even on the margins of my card. But I don't, I don't know why I didn't really consider it. Because as is one of these deals where, as Tom was saying it, it kind of just sounded good coming out of his mouth. Like 10 and a half for a team that I'm thinking is, is legitimately playing like one of the top four teams in the country right now. I mean, this is where... This is where I should be disciplined and I should stay away from this. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't know, man. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I'm going to go. We got to shoot the score. Let's go, uh, Oklahoma. There we go. There it is. And to protect the integrity of the lock infinity and lock unity, I'm not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't, I didn't say a word because I didn't want Barton to come on here next week like, oh, I shouldn't have taken it, but Tom and Danny talked me into it. <laughs> oh, you're right. You did, you did not. This is all on me when we lose. And I'll take the blame for the whole crew for, for causing the, t- the balance of power. 
shift when we lose. All right. Uh, who's next? Chip? Yeah. You got any more? Yeah, I got two left. Okay. It is the uh, it is the sickos game of the week. It is like how how motivated are you to to buy in on pain and disappointment, or maybe in the game the suspension of pain and disappointment. Maybe if you look hard enough at the screen and the little score bug at the bottom, maybe there you can imagine that there's little rankings next to the names Penn State and Michigan as they're right there. You can imagine like this is gonna be, you know, one of the big games in the Big Ten East. And you can get fired up for those brand names going against each other. All the history. But the little bit of history that we do have here that gives me reason to peer in uh, on this game is our Michigan home overs, where under Jim Harbaugh, Michigan home overs have been hitting at like a 70% clip. It's ridiculous. And this is down at 58 and a half. And I think that with the Cade McNamara era off and running, with Michigan's defense by no means fixed after anything we've seen from Rutgers, I think that we can ride that and we can uh, we can hope that things get a little bit loose as they tend to do sometimes in the big house. Looking at a 58 and a half, a little bit north of eight touchdowns. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some points. I'm gonna need them to come fast and furious without a doubt. But uh, I I want to see what happens. So give me the Michigan Penn State over uh, at the best number I can get. 58? 58 and a half, yeah. 58 and a half. All right. Uh, I also have a play for this game. Oh, please play a side. I'm playing a side. Yes. Who you got? You know how last week I kind of did the I'm taking a stand with Michigan and I'm if it can't cover against Rutgers, it's not going to cover against anybody? Well. Sticking to that, I'm taking Penn, Penn State, State. The points because <laughs> wow. if you can't cover against Rutgers, how the hell am I supposed to expect you to cover against anybody else? But even more than that, more than that, I think that record wise, Michigan is better than Penn State. Obviously, it's one, two games, but I think Penn State's played better than Michigan for the most part. And maybe Cade McNamara comes in and he does completely reinvigorate the offense. I mean, he's, he's played well in his first two games coming in as a substitute during the game and he's lit a spark and we'll see now that he's had a whole week of practice, probably going in as a starter, how that performs. But there's a part of me that wonders, it's like, okay, we've seen how he looks on Saturday when he comes in the game and how much better he's playing. What's happening in practice during the week that Joe Milton keeps hanging on to the job? So I do wonder if maybe Cade McNamara is not that great. Same on the other side, though, Penn State's also had its very own quarterback controversy between Sean Clifford and Will Levis. I don't know who's starting, what the plan is there. I don't really think there's much of a difference between the two. So it doesn't much matter to me. I just think that offensively, Penn State and Michigan have been somewhat equal defensively. Penn State's been better than Michigan. De- Michigan's defense has been very bad. Penn State, it's gotten in trouble because of turnovers. And again, those are going to probably loom large in this game because they haven't stopped turning the ball over. But I think overall, defensively, they've been solid, not great. And I just think that getting points on the road against a Michigan team that needed double overtime or whatever to beat Rutgers, okay, I'll take the points. I mean, I have so much admiration for you right now for wading into this. It, I, I, are you, 
I mean, I am worried about the the give up factor with Penn State. I mean, they're zero and five. They had their preseason number seven in the country. Like, if I'm James Franklin, I'm coming into the you know the Sunday coaches staff meeting, and I don't know. I'm just getting up on the whiteboard and being like, "Hey guys, like, what what can we do?" to get this to this, get this team's mental right. Like I don't know, do they just like scrap practice on Monday and just play dodgeball or something <laughs> instead? Just like what 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 do you do to just get their minds right? And and I think my worry on this is that maybe Michigan has some new life with Cade McNamara. Maybe they start to believe again. I don't know if Penn State has that I don't know how Penn State finds that that spark, but hey, props to you, buddy. I I I think I, I, I'm wary of that myself, but I do think that if there's a give up factor at play, I don't know if Michigan, I feel like you could at least feel like if you're a player on that team, if we can go out and beat Michigan, which is a division rival and somebody that, you know, we're trying to prove that we're the better program then I think that there's going to be some motivation there as well. And also let's be another factor in this pick for me too, that I didn't mention is Penn state hasn't covered a spread yet. Got to happen. Happens. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think I'm tapped out. I've got at least one more. Um, I've got I've got two more. Um, so I'll I'll uh, I'll go here. So I, um, in Virginia, Florida State, Virginia is laying nine points, and I think they're laying nine points to a Florida State team that sucks right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know why we think that they're, that game's going to be close. Virginia, it's, it's, a, it's a team with strong, established culture that is, you know, just out here throwing, um, you know, backwards passes, double passes up 49 points against whoever the hell they were playing last week. Adeline like Christian. You saw the Adeline explanation Christian. of that, right? Yeah. Like they had like looked at the wrong number on the play card no, or something. Robert and I, the, the offensive coordinator was just one line off on his play card. Your offensive coordinator <laughs> just had like one thing slightly off. I mean, it's the classic, like, Oh, in the spreadsheet, we accidentally added a column to the left instead of a column to the right. And now it looks like we're bankrupt. Like, I mean, that's what happened as they were trying to run the dot. Literally the play that he was supposed to read was the dive and the one play below it is the double pass to Keaton Thompson and then back to Lindell Stone. I would just say maybe process wise, don't put a play as simple as halfback dive next to double forward pass, reverse, triple action, whatever. You would think that uh, a, a husband and a father with the experience and wisdom of Lindell Stone would just <laughs> identify the mistake and correct it in real time. But whatever. Uh, either way, Virginia's got like three different quarterbacks that they're willing to play. I'm not sure Florida State's got one at this point in the season. Um, I, I, I think Florida, I mean, I don't know how many, maybe Virginia's going to stop Florida State till the end of time, but I, I, my, my suspicion is that Virginia may want to take advantage of this opportunity while Florida State is this, this far down. Um, I just think nine points, that, 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 um, that represents two teams that aren't that far apart. I, I don't think that's the case here. I think Virginia Tech rolls. Okay, right, eight Virginia and a half. All right, eight and a half. 
I don't hate it. Like, I wish I could push back and be like, well, they got athletes. Uh, Florida State's going to go out there. Uh, I don't hate what you're thinking. I think Virginia's a pretty good squad. That's the problem about the youth movement is then you play one of these, like, good, like, program development types where it's just, like, it's 18-year-olds against 20-year-olds, man. <laughs> All right. Who's up? Danny, how many you got left? I got one more that I'm kind of on the fence on, but uh, I think probably we're going to get games canceled, so you might as well load up on the sheet anyway uh, as we sit here. I'm going to take another kind of play with the rankings. This is because I think this year is who's made motivated, who wants to be there. And I'm looking at the group of five uh, in Coastal Carolina, taking on the fighting Jake Spavadals uh, here. Maybe one of the better two-win teams in the entire country and looked at how close they've been in some of their games. I'm a little bit nervous about this one, but I still think Coastal Carolina is a really good football team who's going to be irritated at their drop. Uh, It's Texas State's last game of the year. I could see a scenario, and I saw this in the NFL. Didn't experience this in college football, but your bags are packed and in the car. The car is running, so as soon as the game's on, you're on for Thanksgiving Christmas break, which they're all getting this year. Most semesters are cutting short. They're not going back, so you're kind of checked out mentally. Kind of makes me cautious because sometimes that moment, like, you're who cares? You're just having fun. You're playing. Not a care in the world. You're excited, so I'm a little bit worried about that. But I also think Coastal Carolina is a really good football team. Uh, their quarterback uh, has done a fantastic job as a freshman. Their defense is outstanding. Uh, but I do think you will see Coastal Carolina win this game impressively. But I also think Texas State will be able to put up some points. So I'm going to take Coastal Carolina, land the 17 and a half. Oof. And I'm also going to take the over. Uh, what's my number in this game? Did you see it? Uh, I can get you, you're going over. I can get you 57. I also got you 16 and a half on the spread. Even better. So I'll take those two. I'm laying 16 and a half and I'll take the over. Jump in front of the spite fighting spavs at your own, uh, at your own barrel. Yep. Fight. You're right. The fighting spavs are probably the best two win team in the country. And also <laughs> shout out, shout out to the Bobcats. Cause like they're going to play a full 12 games. Unless this game gets canceled, which thinking about 2020, how hard that is to do, they've been able to get 12 games in. So they deserve a spot in the Myrtle Beach Bowl just for being able to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you're doing something right. You filled out your punch card. Congratulations, Bobcats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go. This is this is I've got another one that I might throw on afterwards, but this one I'm definitely taking. Uh, also, shout out to the person who DM'd me about this. I'd already been considering it, but. He, 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 uh, he's, he's, this person has seen some UMass practices this year and he advises just fading them blindly. And I'm looking at see their practices to take that. No, that's yeah, exactly. But I did read your DM. I don't respond to them, but I do read them. Uh, Liberty minus 37 and a half against UMass. Listen, the flames lost last week to NC state. All right. So the, the, the the Hugh Freeze coaching train is kind of lost some steam, and he needs to build it back up. And he's seeing he's seeing Scott Satterfield publicly saying that he's not interested in the South Carolina job. Well, Hugh Freeze is going to say, "Hey, I'm still interested in the South Carolina job. Hey, Tennessee, you having second thoughts over there? I'm interested in your job too. So I'm going to go out here. I'm going to make sure you guys notice my team putting up like oh seventy something points against UMass this weekend. Also, UMass is a team that in three games has scored 12 points, but two of them came via safety. So its offense has only managed 10 points in three games. They're very, 
very, very bad. I don't care if it's 37 and a half points. I'm laying it with the Flames. All right, man. I like the way you're thinking because I totally agree. I, I have the exact same feelings that you do on Hugh Freeze wanting to get back in the coaching conversation. Um, What do you think? Like what? What from Vandy? Well, I mean, not from, from Vandy. What from UMass practice would inspire confidence? <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> if you, you got to, to peer like, in on it, like what would make you be like you know what know this that. this is this this team's got something? I, I know that on Saturdays they haven't been doing it, but uh, but this we got we got something here. Just just I was just told I have seen a lot of UMass practices, and <laughs> he said the bonus. They don't inspire a lot of confidence. Let me just send you a warning, Tom. I of of my Twitter DM pick recommendations, I think they're like <laughs> oh for like nineteen this year. Like I they they haven't hit once, I don't think. So word of warning. Um, but have you know, have it have it Walt Bell at your own risk. He he took care of me last weekend. We'll see what he does to you this weekend. All right. Is uh is that it? Are we on to the, our money line sprinkles? I got, I got one more. Right. I, I mean, this is one I shouldn't play, but I'm going to play it. Um, I'm going to play Indiana laying the points. This feels, I, I feel like I'm on a lot of like, oh, they looked good last week, so they're they're going to win again this week. But this is more about me just feeling a little bit weary uh, or wary. What's the word? Wary, wary about um, Maryland coming off like a two week. Like they, it felt like they were starting to get some like confidence and momentum, and then they got to sit for two weeks dealing with COVID stuff. Who knows, like who the, who's going to be ready for them, um, and and they're going to have a little rust in addition to some of that stuff. I just think, I think Indiana will be able to um, to, to to give them some problems. Uh, I like it. Oh God, this. Oh. No, I'm not going to play. I'm not going <laughs> to oh, wow. play. I'm not going to play that it. That is the discipline I'm talking about right there. I'm not going to play it. You know, Amazing. I was, I was about to read you a stat, too. That's uh, <laughs> something I've been tracking this year because of the cancellations and all that stuff. But teams that have been off for at least 15 days, and Maryland is one of those teams, are 17 and 10 against the spread this year. Yeah, I'm not going to play it. It's just stupid. This stupid. I'm going to play one more because this is Thanksgiving week, and if you're not, you know, overstuffing yourself on Thanksgiving, then when are you going to do it? I am taking the under in Kansas State and Baylor. I'm not betting on Kansas State, so you don't have to hit me in the hit face me with a frying pan. pan. But I am taking the under, and I think it's at 46 and a half, but let yeah. me see if it's got... Yeah, so I'm just... I'm not even going to go into that much of an explanation for it. It's the same reason I've taken unders in Kansas State and Baylor games all season long. Yeah, I saw that one. Looked pretty good. Uh, good luck with that. I will probably... Uh, be uh be a little bit invested in it as well when it comes time. All right. Money line sprinkles. To review, Danny is the leader in money line sprinkles right now. He is nine and six with that's plus seven. Oh, actually he's he's nine and seven. He's nine and update. seven. Uh and still I guess like plus six point two five units. Yes. Yeah. Chip is in second place at six and ten plus 2.87 units. Uh, Tom, third place, 4 and 10 at 0.55 units. And Barton, close to breaking even, 4 and 8, minus 0. 0.05 units. Danny, what is your money line sprinkle for this week? All right. I kind of, I'm having fun with these money line sprinkles, and I'm probably going to get a little bit too overconfident this week because I have three of them. Uh, and I don't know. There's just, 
we're getting to that point of the season where I think we assume too many things. Like we start getting these hypotheticals and we say, well, what happens with this team faces this team in the championship game? And you pencil on that. And what happens if they're losing? They're both undefeated, all this, blah, blah, blah. All right. How often does that happen at the end of the season when you see chalk run out? Very rarely. There are some opportunities, I think, that could impact the playoff picture for some teams. One of them we have already discussed. We have already picked on this show. It was one of Chip's specials right off the beginning. I like the Tar Heels. I like them getting five and a half. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could win this game outright at home. Uh, It will play out plus 175. Um, it's kind of a uh, college football chaos type of play. Like we just assume, hey, Notre Dame, second-ranked team, they're going to waltz in the ACC championship game. I think this, if there's a spot for them to get beat, uh, this could potentially be it. Um, the other one I'm going to go with is another one where we assume too many things. And I think like the opposite of when you have that chip on your shoulder, I think coach's worst nightmare is when everybody's been telling you how good you are, how good you are. Northwestern checking in at number eight. Oh, the fighting Reese Davises, they made shirts up and they're getting a lot of love, a lot of hype. You already know how I feel about the game being a lower scoring game. I love the under, so does Fornelli. Well, if it's going to be a lower scoring game, which I do think it will be, then that means the margin for error and the cushion is going to be pretty low as well. This one kind of is a along the lines of wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Northwestern is getting all this love. They're going to play Ohio State in the championship game. This could be a massive letdown spot in this one. This one's kind of taking a swing for the fences at plus 510. And then my last one, I kept quiet on the Penn State-Michigan game. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State to win this game outright. Uh, We've, you know, we're excited, Cade McNamara, and I kind of had, I think I even flip-flopped this one. I think I had Michigan early in the week. We're excited about the Cade McNamara era possibly starting after the four-touchdown performance. Well, guess what? We were excited about the Shea Patterson era. We were excited about the Joe Milton era. How did those work out? I cannot trust any Michigan quarterback in here. I don't know. I I kind of been putting some in the, hey, you know, it's one thing for Penn State to go against Iowa. They're not too fired up. They get embarrassed. Uh, They did play pretty hard, clawed their way back against uh, Nebraska when they got started a little bit late. I'm just kind of banking on the pride of maybe some of these guys maybe even wanted to play at Michigan, didn't get recruited by them. They're going to dig that much deeper for a little bit of motivation for here. It's a tight number. It doesn't even play out that great. I think this game could go either way. We've seen wild outcomes in the Big Ten. I think this would just be a perfect storyline for what we've seen from the Big Ten, which has been all over the map. So I'm going to take Penn State at plus 110. So in uh, classic breaking news fashion, the Nick Saban testing positive for COVID-19 broke as we were recording. Uh, We had to stop and uh, jump on CBS Sports HQ to break it down. It does not change any of the expectations for the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl over remains a lock. uh, And so the rest of the Moneyline sprinkles are as follows. Uh, Tom is going to go with Penn State plus 110 and Ball State plus 275. I am going to be agreeing with uh, Danny in terms of his pick with his pick of North Carolina Moneyline. As I said, I do think the Tar Heels get that done. And then Moneyline sprinkle for Barton is Kansas State, Penn State, and Middle Tennessee State. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very much.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.